welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody at home, and welcome. This is Punch It Writing in Star Trek. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt, we have an interesting, interesting topic today where we're talking about what would it be like if Kirk and Co. fought the Borg? Yeah. And I know that some people are kind of probably rolling their eyes, like, oh my gosh, we've had so much Borg. You know, like... <laughs> yes. Like, if you if you count the first episode, Cisco's fought the Borg, Picard's fought the Borg, Janeway's fought the Borg, even Archer has fought the Borg. And <laughs> right? so yeah. we have which we so, never needed. Never. Which, which we never needed, but... Well, we can talk about that. Uh, but it's a, <laughs> it's like almost every iteration has fought the Borg except for Kirk. And yeah. so we uh, we thought, hey, what if we just developed an idea and figure out what it would look like? We have no idea what we're going to say. We don't know. It's going to be on the fly. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be a movie, if it's going to be an episode, novella, or whatever the hell it is. We have no idea. All that we have is the concept. But before we get into that, we do have a review to mention, don't we? We sure do. So on iTunes, well, it's Apple Podcasts. Now, I always forget that they change that whole freaking thing. Whatever. (laughs) It's a review, and it's from the UK. So thank you very much for, oh gosh, um, it's a combination of zeros and ones. I don't want to read the whole thing out loud. It's (laughs) a long string of those two characters. But this person said, I'm a Star Trek fan, but also have a real interest in sci-fi writing. Shar and Tristan not only have excellent Trek knowledge, but brilliant creativity and perfect chemistry. Thank you so much. They gave us five stars. That's why we're shouting out on the show. And we appreciate you taking the time because the best way you can help us out is by leaving a review. And that helps other people find the show. Thank you very much, Mr. or Ms. Binary. (laughs) Yes. One zero zero one zero. Ah, error. Okay. (laughs) So before we get started on our topic, we do have one more thing that I want to share, and that is uh, a listener note. And lately, we have been reading a little more feedback on air, which I think we ought to continue because it acknowledges that, yes, we appreciate your emails. And even though we do try to reply personally as much as possible, I don't know. There's something special about on air. So um, I want to read a suggestion or an idea from Carl Hunt, who wrote in and uh, liked our idea of... The Nexus All-Stars and is secretly hoping for a part two. We are not doing that today, but maybe sometime in the future. He has a suggestion. Instead of Jet Reno being the person who kind of figured things out and honed everything back in and saved the day, what about Paul Stamets? He would be a really good candidate because he's the one who has worked in the mycelial network. He's very likely going to be the one who is going to understand that something is off in time and space because he has worked with time and space a little more than everybody else. And I thought, well, isn't that brilliant? That's great. Listener, you have a solid point. Uh, you, uh, you're you using logic, you're using reasoning, reasoning, and you're also using on-screen evidence as backup. But I don't like Stamets, so I like Jet Reno as the <laughs> individual. So it's merely just a personality conflict for you. That's it? On- Honestly, yes. the The listener had fantastic. I was. I'm being serious. Like he, the individual has 
fantastic reasoning. Yeah, it makes more sense than the idea we came up with, honestly. Yeah, it makes more sense. I just don't like Stamets. Okay, whatever. I don't think I hate Stamets as much as you do. I've got He can be a total jackass, but there is a certain say, charm in hate. that from him. From him. I don't know. <laughs> but then again, I mean, compared to Jet Reno, nobody's more beautiful than Jet Reno. I freaking love Tig Notaro. I mean, oh. I think I think that's the thing is that like I love Tig more than Jet because Jet I feel like there are certain times when Tig can't really get her mouth around the <laughs> the tech talk. <laughs> well, yeah, you can kind of tell she's a little out of her element there, but really Jet Reno is just an extension of Tig Notaro. It's you know, true. she's She's acting, but not that much. This is just her character, her persona in space, playing an engineer. There you go. Yeah, but that's what I love about it, is I love both because they're just, I don't know, there's something amazing and gravitating toward Tig Notaro where you just, you want to love her and hug her and be her friend forever. And if anybody who's listening uh, doesn't know Tig Notaro's work, she's predominantly a stand-up she's a brilliant comic she has a very unique style and it's very very good and she also uh, developed and starred in her own amazon prime show called one mississippi and it had two seasons before it was rudely canceled and uh she actually uh starred in it with her now wife and it's pseudo what's the term I'm looking for? Like pseudo biographical, like, like a lot of it is based off of her life and actually how she met her wife and uh, oh, how they got together and also how her mother died and how she was fighting cancer and everything like that. So it's, it was a very interesting story. Season one, isn't that great? Kind of the first episode is fantastic. And then the rest of it is like, Ugh. but season two is amazing. And it was, okay. it's, it's such an absolute shame that, uh, th- that there's going to be no season three. It sounds like it found its legs, and then they yes. pulled the plug on it. That's yes. a dirty old shame. It sounds a lot like her documentary, just in a more like based on a true story format, which if you have Netflix, go check that out, because if you miss the whole thing where she really got on the map because she talked about the fact that she was fighting cancer in her stand-up routine, and that's really primarily what she was known for. And yeah. so her the documentary goes through all of that stuff you just mentioned and, and then some. And it's really good. If you want to get to know who this person is, watch any of that. All right. How about we start the show? Let's start the show. Okay. So the Borg, Captain Kirk. This Captain is a little Kirk. more complex than fighting a Gorn. A little bit, a little bit. I don't think he would win hand-to-hand. Mm, le- probably maybe not. with maybe with one drone i think he would but not with a <laughs> horde so let's go ahead and establish when and where before we tar- start going into story details so do okay. we want to do tos era kirk and company or do we want to do movie era or hell we could even move into uh kelvin verse like what what is attractive to you you know what's really attractive to me is if we start in tos and have a tos borg episode creating the potential to eventually have them come back and do some movies. Okay, 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 okay. Because, I mean, the formula works. We know that. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like you are talking about Space Seed and the Wrath of Khan, Essentially. Basically. So what I'm thinking is, is we have that episode that introduces us to the Borg as a one-off TOS thing. Might not think a whole lot of it. Just like it's a kind of a sci-fi concept, a what-if, if you will. And then we move on. But then, lo and behold... 
they come back, it's for some movie, and they're a complete freaking menace, and we're like, oh, this is what they've turned into. Well, isn't this special? So, with that in mind, are we going to disregard future canon? Yeah, I don't think we can do the Borg on TOS and keep everything as it is, like with TNG and thereafter. We've got to create an original thing, so we're throwing it out. We're throwing out the canon. So this is truly a what-if scenario. This is For real. This is what if Kirk and company fought the Borg first. Yes. Sorry, Picard. We're taking it away from you. Q, you missed your chance, buddy. I don't know what you were doing in this era, but you missed the boat. So what are the Borg going to look like? And how are they going to operate in a TOS time frame? Because we have to take into consideration the context that computerization wasn't nearly as prevalent as it was even back in the 80s i mean the borg were kind of designed as a an exaggeration of what would happen if technology took over humanity too much and run ran amok now as a sci-fi concept i don't think it's outlandish to say we could do a similar thing but i think the look and their capabilities is going to be really different The first thing that comes to mind, because you bring that up, is if this was done in the 60s, I think we would get the Borg before they were completely Borg. I think we would see a civilization on the verge. We would see a very advanced technological civilization that had heavy implants, where they completely incorporated computers and technology into their daily life, as well as their bodies. And so... They think, like, maybe they get a little maniacal, just a little maniacal towards the end, where they're just like Kirk and Spock and McCoy and everybody, they they just happen upon this group. Like, maybe maybe what they could do is, like, there's there's this one individual who is, and I truly mean that, an individual, where there's this individual who has lots of implants, and they've submit a distress call, they go and help, and he's like, oh, like, can you take me home? Can you take me home to... Uh, to my planet and they're just like yeah sure how about you tell us about why you're all funky are you human are you not you know like <laughs> like are you what are what, you yeah what are you what's going on mccoy's just like my god man why would you do that to yourself you know like oh, that i kind love of thing. it yeah he's scanning them okay parts of this is organic some of this is mechanical they're working together my god man yeah, like he's like yeah, he said he's like his right arm is completely replaced. He doesn't have a spleen, he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that. Instead he has this and this and this and that. Yeah. And so he's they're truly he's truly an individual, but he lets little references go by where he said he's like my race is is expecting me. I can hear them calling and they're just like, "What? What are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> you can hear them. Are you wearing a bluetooth? What's going on?" <laughs> this vision now where he has a little thing in his ear lieutenant uhura is fascinated right it's smaller <laughs> than the one i have where'd that's you get a, that that's weird and it's lighting up it's all blue and everything it's kind of cool i want one <laughs> um but yes obviously like i'm you know I, i'm being funny but like something like that where they're just like it's so sure. it's like he's nice but he says he's like oh no i can i can talk to my i can talk to certain people you know like i can't talk to everybody but i can talk to my coworkers and things like that yeah like he taps the bluetooth thing on his ear or something like that and then that's how he interacts with his people you know little yeah. bleep boop and there it is yeah, and like you, like I sent out a distress call because you were closer than my people, 
And so it'd be really great if you could take me. And maybe they are human. He's a human because in the 60s, they totally would be where it's just like, oh, this guy is human. This is weird. What happened was is like the Borg, once they get to the planet, they're like, didn't this used to be a human colony? And they're like, oh, that's when the Borg came and they helped us out. Like we were not thriving as a human, as a colony. And they said, they're like, well, if you want to join us, we can help you out. We can totally help your colony out and um, we'll help you be integrated into your technology and blah, blah, blah. And it sounded pretty sweet at the time and it just kind of grew exponentially. And so mm-hmm. at this point, the Borg are quote unquote nice, you know, like they, they don't, <laughs> they don't assimilate ag- against anybody's will. Like if people want to, d- to join the Borg, they can, they can sign up and say like, I totally want a robotic arm. Give me that, s- that laser pointer eye thing. So your concept is that these are not necessarily the Borg. These are people who have been enhanced by the Borg. They are people who have been enhanced by the Borg, but the Borg have colonized that colony. Hmm. You know, honestly, I think we could just simplify it and these could be the origin of the Borg. You don't need the big scary Borg out there. I know you're probably right. I am right. I'm right on this one. I think you are. But I like the idea that it's a human colony that has fully adopted technology that enhances them along with their organic components, but they are not seeking to assimilate. They are not seeking perfection. They are just trying to use technology to better their lives. And so then on the surface, yeah, it it sounds really great. But then maybe we've got some jackass out there who sees that Spock would be an amazing addition to mm-hmm. their colony and would have a lot of information to, you know, impart. And that would make everybody better because then it could instantly be shared. Right? Right, right. So maybe he wants to, you know, enhance Spock so that Spock can become a part of the the party. I think that's a good idea because I I mean it's something that's been done before in TOS, but the thing is TOS repeats itself a few times and I think yeah. this is totally on brand because it's like Spock's brain but way better where they're just like oh my yeah, god yeah yeah you know like Spock's brain's so beautiful let's we need it yeah but I mean it's true but then we also have to just have that kind of TOS story yeah where there's a threat we have to have a struggle here and I think that is forgive the phrasing the most logical thing to do he has the most brilliant mind of anybody in the crew sorry Kirk but then Kirk has to go and fight for Spock and get him back one thing that I really want to happen that I think needs to happen is that it can't just be humans there. I think we need to see Klingons. I think we need to see... Oh, you think? Um, I think we need to see Vulcans. I think we need to see some races that we've never seen before. And that like, that mm. just is just like... Kirk is like, what the hell is going on? Like, you have Ooh. Klingons in your group. You have this. And they're like, oh, my gosh, yes. We don't argue. Like, we're not... Um, we we're don't, we don't fight. We don't fight amongst ourselves. This is truly the best way of life. And you guys should totally do it, too. Wow. Okay. So then that creates an even bigger utopia. Mm-hmm. That would be really interesting. And so then I think that even sweetens the, the idea for putting Spock in there is he could be the first Vulcan okay. to embrace this. And so, I mean, there's got to be a certain part of him that would say that is kind of a, an opportunity that, I don't know, it would be attractive to him. Yes, it would be. He would ultimately say no, but he is smart enough to say like, yeah, there's these are the advantages. One, two, three. The thing with TOS is it can't all be hunky dory. You know, usually, usually there's some sort of God computer and then you 
pull back the curtain and there's some megalomanic person running the controls. We don't need to go that route, but we do no. need to show that things are not quite as amazing as they initially seemed on this world. Kind of maybe, I mean, for the morals, messages, and meanings to kind of show, okay, technology is good, but in moderation, everybody. Yes, I think that's the, uh, it's going to be, we're going to have that moment where Kirk gets to shine and gives one of his. He's got to do a speech. He's got to do his speech where he's morally superior to the people that he's met. And <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> that's how it I, goes. Yes, that's how it goes. That's that's what's going to happen. And I think I think with this, like the Borg have been lucky so far, like the new Borg have been lucky so far where they're like, we like we don't assimilate anybody who when it's against their wishes, but they've never had anybody say no. Right. So then when Spock says no, that's going to anger a few people. And so yeah. that's going to change everything. They don't know how to process it. They're just like, wait, no, you, you don't understand. Like you're going to, we're going to add your technological and biological distinctiveness to our own. Doesn't that sound awesome? Like we, what yeah, come on. We need you. Like this is, we, we need you. You need us. Like this would be a perfect marriage. And uh, Spock's like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. And then that's when they start to force it. And that's when they're just like, okay, well, how about you just try it out? You know, like they'll just, there's just, you know, we'll link what you up for a wrong? couple of minutes. Well, like what could go wrong? And then it sounds like, you know, the guy at the, uh, at the bar who just won't leave the woman alone. And she's like, no, 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 yeah. come on, come on. Let me, like, let me have your number. Come and on, it come escalates. On. Right. Yeah. You can't just take no for an answer and move on. No, no, no. Right. We've got to make a thing out of this. Right, right. And then it becomes a thing. And that's when Kirk has to throw down the hammer and say, I am morally superior. Everything in moderation. We're saying no. Go screw yourselves. And that's when the battle ensues. Right, right. So I think Kirk could take on a couple of the enhanced yeah. Borgs. Like, I mean, he did, he even fought Khan a little bit. He got his butt kicked, but he did. He tried. Right. I think he could take on a couple, but I think they have to eventually get into some firefight and just say, hey, look, no means no. Yeah. And I think this will trigger something where like in a massive escape plan where they're beaten and Kirk says, I'm going to bring the full force of this, of Starfleet and the Federation on you. Like if you, you do this again. Yeah. You are not allowed to exist in our space any longer. And they're just like, fine, peace out. We're not going to stay in this space. Or they, they just, we got to leave you alone. Like you leave us alone. We'll leave you alone. You do what you want, but don't you dare come after anybody. I think, okay. But then maybe, maybe like eventually, like maybe they eventually did leave and did become the Borg. I don't know. It either happens right now or it happens later. I think that they've got to leave in order to become the Borg. And like we're, we're talking like 20, 30 years later. Sure, sure. I'm thinking like maybe 20, you know, 20 years later, all of a sudden they kind of come back to Earth. But that's when we kind of get into the movie territory. So right. I, th I think they leave right away. I think they're just like, if you and Starfleet aren't as enlightened as the people we already have, we're just going to find new territory. We're just going <laughs> to leave. Yeah. So then they go way, way, way out there. They go out there and they're like... And they have that little moment on the bridge where the three of them are just like, oh, do you think we'll ever see them again? Like, oh, I don't know. I think like, yeah, maybe the, maybe they'll be happy someplace else. Something like that. <laughs> it would be interesting to see what happens in about 15 or so years. <laughs> and then we have the whole Space Seed Wrath of Khan thing where we get uh -huh. another TOS movie. And I'm thinking like after Final Frontier, but before Undiscovered Country, like that era. Oh. Oh, you think that era because i was actually thinking motion picture i, I want to try to avoid motion picture 
Why? Because it's has an eerily similar story if you think about it because well that's why i went there let me explain because i think you can merge the two a little bit forgive that phrasing but that's what comes to mind what if they do find voyager six and then something kind of goes a little haywire and then suddenly they really are out to assimilate and take over earth you hate it why no i hate it because that theory, that fan theory has been thrown around online for forever. Yeah, for, it's for never, as old as we are. Sure. Yeah, it's never been confirmed, but it is a popular fan theory. It is a popular fan theory. I would much prefer to develop our own. Okay. All right. We can steer clear of that. But I think the reason why my mind immediately went there is because that is such a popular theory. Yes, absolutely. It is a very popular theory, and I think it's a very cool theory, but... It has been established that the Borg is much older, but in in our universe, we can do whatever we want. Right. Okay. So let's be original and yeah, yeah, not go to not make such an incestuously small universe. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And so, I just like the later. I like, I I like the aged, seasoned Trek veterans Mm. uh, a little bit more than the young, spunky ones that we see in motion picture and and the Wrath of Khan. Even though the Wrath of Khan is all about aging, I get it. Shut up. Okay, I like, so... I like the close to retirement thing where it's like tying up loose ends where Kirk's like, oh, I knew we were going to see these people again. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? Guess who's going out there? Right. I, I think that's the thing is that like they finally, since it's post Final Frontier, they get the new Enterprise A. It's up and working again. Finally. Scotty's, just, Scotty's like, okay, guys. Thank God. Like for serious this time. It's good. We're good to go. It's in tip top shape. We we can go and on our adventures and track gaseous nebulas and explore and and fight bad guys, and then I think you know like w- what could we do here, Shar? Like, do we do the normal like, oh, you know, like uh, HQ is on the line. And it's just like, oh, well, we've we've heard some interesting activity out on the rim. Uh, we we need you to go check it out, or do we do <laughs> a, something that's a little bit more in your face, like in an undiscovered country where we have that prologue at the beginning where something crazy happens. Where there's an event and we need to go towards it. Uh, I think maybe a little more of the latter where there's something going on kind of like on the outer rims of explored space where colonies have been destroyed and initially people weren't sure why. And ships have gone missing. Ships have gone missing. They're like, what the hell? Is this the whale probe again? What is going on? (laughs) What now? And so then they gather a little bit of intelligence and they realize, oh, it's these technological beings and they are way more advanced than the last time we saw them. Captain Kirk, you were the person who dealt with them way back when. Please, can you go out and investigate and try and talk some sense into them? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, I, I like that idea. I think um, Kirk is sent because of his history and they figure it out like it matches certain signatures, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And he is the one and only person, this crew. They're the only people who have any experience with them. So he's going out there to gather as much information as he possibly can. And then Starfleet can maybe go from there uh, as for what and how they want to do about this. Now, one thing I wanted to do and it just occurred to me, but then I realized that's stupid because the timelines don't match up. Yeah. Is I wanted to make Captain Hernandez the queen from oh. Enterprise. <laughs> I don't think we can go there. I don't think so either because I always I thought it was interesting because the Columbia goes missing. Yeah. And 
I no love one knows it, what happens but to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh. it doesn't match up. Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't think we even need a queen at this point. I think, honestly, a yeah. TOS era Borg, it would simply be the fact that these individuals are no longer individuals. They have embraced that hive mind. They have way more technology now than they do organic components. It's technology run amok. I think, yes, absolutely. Like These are much closer to the Borg that we know and love, that we were introduced to in TNG. Yeah, and so this being probably a 1980s movie, they've got even more motherboards duct taped to themselves and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They got a fax machine on their back. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's, it's amazing, honestly, what they do with these creatures. Speaking of which, we never really did fully explore how they would look in the 1960s. We have to remember how low budget the show was. I have a oh, feeling yeah. it would just be like little metal components going up and down their limbs. So you see yeah. that there's a little bit of organic, there's a little bit of technology, and it looks cheap, but they're doing the best they can. Like it's it's like a tube here and there jutting out. Yeah, it's, like it's not quite, it's not full body armor. It's like half of that stripped yeah. down. A lot of tinfoil around the arm, stuff like that. <laughs> yes, that is what I'm thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And these look much better, but it's still the 80s, but it looks much better. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Klingons. They got refined, they had more definition, and that'll be the case for these guys too. And I think, I I like the idea of not having an antagonist per se, where like it's more, it's treated more like a storm, where it's just like, how how do we get out of its way? How do we defeat it? One thing that I think would be interesting is if the reason why, like it's on the fringe of Federation space, but this uh-huh. it's it's massive amounts of cubes and colony ships and spheres and everything like that and they're it's just heading their way it's gobbling up fringe colonies from all the major races from the federation so like andorians vulcans tellarites humans like it it goes for the fringe colonies first because that's you know that's where they came from that's what they know uh-huh. and they're basically like starting to surround the federation with like little little borg colonies here and there okay and s- so essentially though what we're creating then is like a borg armada yes it's getting bigger and bigger there's more ships more cubes what have you and we have to make this manageable though we ha- they have to be able to be defeated yes they have to be able to be defeated and the reason why i'm going in this direction you can tell me no if it's if you don't if you don't like the idea but the reason why i'm going in this direction is because one thing that I felt was always kind of lacking in the TOS movies that we got a little bit more of in the Kelvin verse and also within the TNG movies is that you didn't really feel like the Enterprise D was alone. You didn't really feel mm. like the Kelvin Prize was alone in the TOS movies. And I, I know that this is by design. Like, yes, they were part of a fleet and, you know, like they went home for dry dock and space dock and everything like that. But when they were out in the fringes, it was just like, boom. You're, that's it. You got no, nobody's going to come and save you. No one's going to help you out. But I've always wanted to see a TOS movie era armada. And so I think, mm. I think this is, <gasps> this is the, like, hold, hold on one second. Yeah, hold on yeah, one yeah. second. Well, I think this is the point where we can expand what we saw in First Contact, where instead of an entire armada going to Earth to protect it, Kirk and crew has to help organize all of the fleets to leave and hit key points among the armada around the fringes of of federation space and do it in a timed attack all at once 
Okay. What's your idea? You might hate this idea that I have, but what if in this time period we have Sulu on the verge of becoming the captain of the Excelsior? What if he is? What if we make that leap? He's the one who discovers the remnants of colonies and sees that there's a threat out there. They send out Captain Kirk and Kirk and Sulu initially start working together. And then I love your idea of bringing like organizing a fleet, Mm -hmm. having to destroy all of this because we have to determine how big this Borg armada really is. Like I want to think it started out as just one kind of big cube and then it got way too crowded and they had to start creating a little bit more. They're building Mm -hmm. other ones. And maybe there's a little bit of intelligence on that. Like, hey, look, they're expanding now. They're building more of these things. The bigger they get, the harder they are going to be to fight. We've got to stop them now. I think this movie could lend itself to being long term. Like in mm. almost every TOS movie and TNG movie, by that matter, is like a couple of days or a week, something like that. So what if in this movie, we're talking about like six months to a year. Like this is this is something that like there is a threat on the edge of space, on the edge of Federation space, and it's growing. There's a cube over there, there's a cube over there, and there's a cube over there. There's three spots, and it's growing. They took over colonies, and they took over some ships. They've added that to their armada. They're waiting, and we figured out, like, we sent some spies, we sent some some scouts, and they're building more and more. And every ship that goes in their area, they assimilate take their technology, take their people so it's more people to their workforce. And it takes some time because they're on the fringes of Federation space. We're still dealing with warp capabilities that's lower than what we're used to in TNG. And so getting this information is hard. Getting back is even harder. And let's narrow it down to like maybe three or four areas instead of like surrounding them all around. Yeah, I think we do have to keep it on a smaller scale. Like maybe they stop after a certain amount of invasion, the Borg, mm-hmm. realizing that they have to build their fleet. They have to take the time yes. and stop before they keep going. Maybe we watch, I don't know if it would be Kirk or Sulu, but if you want to go with the, the Captain Sulu idea, because he's out there in Beta Quadrant or what have you, we have to learn what these people are doing. We don't know their capabilities, so they're out there investigating that. We have to learn about them before we understand this because we understand the Borg. We've seen the Borg to exhaustion, Mm -hmm. but they haven't. So we're learning just like they are completely enveloped in technology. What if on this one, just to get into the weeds a little bit more, Uh the Excelsior is the first one to discover what it is. and That's what I'm thinking. But it's captained by somebody else. and Not what's his bucket. Not what's his bucket. But it's captained by somebody else and they go and they investigate it. They're the first ship to survive a Borg attack and get away. But the captain did not survive. And Hmm. that's when Sulu takes the captaincy of of the Excelsior. Do you suppose it was the transwarp drive that helped them get the hell out of there? But they burned it out and so it didn't work or something (laughs) like that. Good morning, Captain. (laughs) But yeah, so that way we actually see Sulu leave the Enterprise and become a captain of Excelsior. Okay, you know, that might be a really good intro to the movie is Kirk and Sulu are talking. Kirk says, hey, congratulations on your promotion. What ship did you get? The Excelsior. Oh, I heard that some crap went down there. Okay, that's what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Be careful out there. Kind of sending him off as the passing of the baton, if you will, which we do all the time in Trek. But hey, you have graduated to captain now. Good for you, buddy. I like that a lot. Let me add to it. Yeah. 
I'm not going to change anything. I'm going to add to it. Where Do it. The, pro the prologue, I know this is a little reminiscent of Undiscovered Country, but shut up, everybody. We don't have Undiscovered Country yet. We can do whatever we want. We don't have it yet. And so the Excelsior encounters the Borg. Yeah. And they get, they get the crap kicked out of them. I mean, just like hardcore punched and they barely escape with their lives. We see that. And then it says at the bottom of the screen, three months later, something like that. Okay, cool. And uh -huh. they make it out. But it's three months later, the captain's dead. That's all we know. And then we see everybody together. They're doing something where they're, I don't know where they are. They're doing something. They're having a party for Captain Sulu and his promotion. Right. And so, and that's when Kirk says, says exactly what you said. What ship did you get? And he said, oh, they, they're having me captain the, the Excelsior. And Kirk's like, the Excelsior? That's interesting. Like, I, I, I thought they were out doing maneuvers, you know, like on the so-and-so quadrant in the, in, the sec in the sector or something like that. Right. And I thought they were on the fringes of space. Yeah. And um, he says, like, apparently they came back a while ago. And um, they limped into space dock. They've had to come for repairs. But like, it was a secret. Like, it was a secret for three months. Like, they were hiding yeah. the Excelsior. Because nobody were... knows what's going on yet. And so they want to keep it under wraps until they know what's going on. And that's when Spock comes in and says, Captain, or yeah, Captain, we were, uh, we were called to a meeting or something like that. And then he turns to Sulu and Sulu's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go off to my ship. You go have fun at your little meeting. We'll talk later. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Sulu says, I've already been briefed. And that's when Kirk's like, uh, what? Like he gets a little like. <laughs> I love it. Kirk would definitely be taken back. Like, you know something I don't? How yes. dare you? It's, so it's a little like his ego goes down just a little bit. Uh-huh. Oh, such a good moment. That must be. Yes. And that's where they meet with the brass and they like they show pictures and video. And it's just like this happened at this time. The Excelsior barely escaped. We've noticed that it was these people or like this kind of technology. And Spock looks at Kirk and Kirk and Spock are the ones who said like, uh, yeah, we've already seen those people. And they're like, we, we think we know who they are. Yeah. And Starfleet Intelligence, meanwhile, says, yeah, that's who we thought they were, too. That's why we want to send you out alongside the Excelsior for reinforcements to investigate. You're the only people who know anything about these guys. Find a way to stop them. Yeah. And so Excelsior and Enterprise, they go and they scout. They figure out, like, maybe we'll have a few landing parties with them where they discover yeah, what's happening. They've gotta, like, I think we have to have a little bit of a Q-Who kind of a moment where... Yeah. Sulu and Kirk and maybe another few people on the landing party, they've got to go on the ship and investigate. So I think like act one would be the prologue and then the explanation, the meeting, and then them leaving Earth and going out to investigate. Act yeah. two would be the Q Who episode where they go and they get closer and they, right. they go on, they get on board, they do tests. Maybe they bring a person back and McCoy's just like, this person is so different from what we, what we saw 20 years ago. Oh, I don't think they get somebody. I think he just has to scan them on the ship. I love the idea of getting somebody because I want bones to like really take them apart. How would they do it? Wouldn't that person be fighting them? I mean, they, unless he's got some sort of tranquilizer that works on a technological being. There you go. They, he finds they, the know. off switch. I don't know. Well, like maybe like Shatner's like totally impulsive and, and like Spock's, Spock is there and Kirk is there and Ensign Ricky is there. And they, um, and Kirk's like, wouldn't it be great if we took one back for bones? And uh, Spock's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't no. think that's possible. And then Kirk's just like, uh, okay. And then he rips out like <laughs> a chip, 
like a microchip from the back it's of his not head. It's a circuit or something he passes out. Okay, that's hilarious. And I would love to see that. But I don't know if that's how it would actually go down in a real movie. You just said it would be hilarious and you'd love to see it. I think it would be perfect for a TOS movie. I think it would be a great Spock and Kirk moment. Mm. And we'd get, we'd get to see McCoy do his thing. Hmm, I'm going to have to think about that. Because then here's the thing is, okay, they, they take the decapitated or whatever <laughs> machine being, and then they've got to return it back, right? Either, like, either he, let's see, like... But then they Borg, they find out it's been tampered with. Oh, somebody is out there. They are screwing with us. Maybe that's when they realize, okay, well, we can we can mess with him. Like, we can go around until they consider us a threat this is what made made them think we're a threat so like if we go and see them again they're going to start firing yeah so like because they took somebody and i think what would be interesting is if the person died on the table because Mm. kirk did something to his technological components they don't know what they're messing with exactly and that's when that's why mccoy says like listen if the organics die the tech dies if the tech dies the organics die like they are intertwined like there is no going back there is no recuperation. There's no rehabilitation. This is done, and one can't exist without the other. And that's when they're like, maybe we can use this to our advantage. Yes. That's the edge they're going to need. Yeah. Now, they're also going to have to figure out the extent of the hive mind because I feel like you disconnect enough. Like, it's like you get to the mothership, essentially, the queen, if you will. Mm-hmm. Although I, I kind of hate, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do, do, do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it either. Yeah, but like you, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of weird central processor that everybody's thoughts have to go through or something. You kill that, you kill the network, and they can't talk to each other. And then it makes it that much easier to debilitate the Borg ships, the, the Borg drones, and then pew, 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 massive explosions. They're all dead. I like that idea where I think that's when they, because they have the body, McCoy discovers so much and they discover the hive mind and they figure out like, oh, like, oh, this is like what happened 20 years ago, but like to the to the nth degree and this yeah. is how they coordinate their attacks this is how they're coordinating their builds and that's when sulu and kirk are like okay sulu you go to the other cube over there and we'll stay with this one and then they call hq and they're like send two other ships to the two other locations or like send as many ships as you can to all of these locations yeah we need and then, firepower and then we'll let you know like we have to do this at the same time we have to destroy these vinculums at the same time so that they can't talk to each other. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're totally missing some great lines from McCoy because he's going to be working with these technological beings. He's going to be just blown out of his mind. He's going to be like, see, see, I told you this is why technology is awful. Look yeah. at what happens when it goes crazy. Exactly. Ex- I, yes, I love that idea. You know, he's going to be a massive head case and I'm going to love it. And so they they do that at the same time. Maybe we have some suicide missions just to get some drama. and Some red um, shirts are going to die. Some red shirts are going to die. Some people that were introduced at the beginning of the film who are new crewmates or people who are like captains that Kirk knows that he's just like, oh, you old so-and-so. I haven't seen you in years. How's Kathy? You know, like something like that. Sure. And yeah. Like, or the Farragut, they're going to die. You know? They're going to die. Like you know, always. like stuff like that. Or like they do the whole Jim Hadar, like boom, they throw themselves into the into Ooh. the cube you know like i'd love to see that happen mm. so all of this happens like they they all coordinate they all destroy the vinculum at the same time and that's when they they can just go crazy and destroy everything yeah yeah target that explosion and fire boom 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 yeah okay and then 
then I think pretty much think that's our movie. More or less. Yeah. I mean, we kind of really skipped ahead toward the end here, but I think we've got the basis for an overall story of how that might actually go down. It, it could be fun. And I would love to know what our listeners think about this idea. If you prefer what we did here, as opposed to what we actually saw, because we have I th- the audience, Star Trek fans at large, we have a lot of various opinions on the Borg and for good reason. Yeah. So I'd love to know that. I would also love to know if our listeners have a title for this movie or the episode. Yes, I l- love it. I love it when, uh, yeah, I absolutely love it when, when listeners uh, chime in on what they think the episode should be called or what the movie should be called. If you guys give us some good ones, we will mention it on the show. So please uh, go <laughs> yeah. to uh, thenerdparty.com slash contact, like punch it from the drop down menu, fill out the form, it'll send us an email. You can also find us on social, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're all over the place. You can find me personally on Twitter at the insane Robin. You can find me at Oh the Profanity, and if you send suggestions that suck, maybe we'll read those anyway, but we will be laughing with you, not at you. All right. Well, next week is going to be a lot of fun. It's not going to be this. It's not going to be part two. It's not going to be movie two of Borg, but it is going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.